Hello, I'm John Steele of Cafe Direct, and this is the Building Better Business podcast, a podcast that examines how business can and needs to be more than just making money. Unraveling how we create new business models to better serve our communities and the environment. This really is the future of how we'll do business and how we can all play a part. To celebrate the launch of our new podcast, the first 50 subscribers who review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or followers on Spotify will receive a £10 voucher to spend on delicious speciality coffee from Cafe Direct's London Fields Roastery. Just send photos of your subscription and review to podcast at cafedirect.co.uk by midnight on the 21st of November 2021. The leadership of any business is critical to its success, but what does that look like for a social enterprise? What challenges and advantages can be harnessed by a business with purpose? How do we compete in a really competitive marketplace? And what should be an absolute priority when aspiring to be best in class? Today, we're speaking with John Phillips. John has over 30 years of experience in building successful businesses and brands across the globe. Businesses such as Diageo, Bacardi and Foster's. In recent years, John joined as chair of Cafe Direct, where he has been instrumental in modernizing and transforming the business. Today, he shares his wisdom on the fundamentals we need to get right, both externally and internally, so that the business can deliver on its higher purpose. John's wish for all businesses is to pay a fairer price to smallholder farmers, and this drives his motivation to grow the success of Cafe Direct so that others will follow. So it's great to have have you here, John, as yeah, a relatively new joiner to the business uh, three years ago. I guess from where I sit, very much part of the modernizing of the business. And so it's, it's really great to have you here. And I can remember when you first joined in late 2018, you almost didn't join. And can you just explain to us exactly why you almost didn't join and then what convinced you to join this business? I guess I'd been following Cafe Direct for a number of years. And I did this out of interest in business as a force for good. And for me, Cafe Direct was one of those businesses having been a pioneer in the fair trade movement, which kind of symbolized this business as a force for good. So I'd been following the, the company for a number of years and watched it go up, but also had seen that, you know, it had a period of almost 10 years where, you know, the sales were declining, it was making losses. So when I got a call from the recruiter back in 2017, and they said, you know, the recruiter said to me that Cafe Direct was looking for a chairman and would I be interested? You know, I was really excited. And I think I expressed that to you. But at the same time, I was, I was apprehensive. And the apprehension came because I was concerned about whether or not I was in a position actually to make a difference. So the reason I almost didn't join was that I guess it was a fear of being uh, unable to really make a difference and really just being part of a, something that was a failure, a, a great business model, that, but failed. Now, I was reassured, of course, by the recruiter that you, you, know, you guys had gone through this, this recent rights issue with the shareholders and raised some money. But even that, when I looked at it, it was debatable as to whether or not the money that was raised was sufficient to, you know, to get us through a difficult period, when, especially when you took the performance over the previous years, right? So I didn't want to, you know, take on something that I didn't feel like I could make a difference in. 
And then I, I think really what, you know, the question you asked, you know, what sort of tipped the balance was, was the people, you know, that's usually the case anyway. But I think it was the chemistry with everyone, everybody's sort of undying belief and commitment to the purpose of the business. And I think more than anything, your optimism for the future and, you know, that commitment to the higher purpose and the optimism won me over. I've learned since then you're quite an optimistic, <laughs> optimistic guy. <laughs> I would have probably been more guarded, but I think it was the people, you know, just meeting everybody on the team and seeing that there was still a positive attitude and, you know, the belief that everyone had or most people seemed to have that we were capable of turning it around. So that was what tipped the balance. It was fantastic. And it was great that that balance got tipped because I think we've had a fantastic time since then. I can remember when you joined, you know, as you say, the business had been through a difficult time and that often takes its toll on people. But I think I certainly have seen how people have been so resilient and driven by the mission uh, of this business that, you know, they, they really have adapted brilliantly to everything that's been thrown at them, haven't they? Yeah, I think so, John. I, and, you know, if you took any business that didn't have that higher purpose, you would have had all the, the top team would have abandoned the business by this stage. And probably the board would have folded it up as well. You know, I mean, I don't want to be too negative about the situation, but it was pretty dire at the time, right? I mean, you, you lived yeah. through it and you pulled the troops up and you and, and your leadership team and, and made it so that people had the opportunity to actually get through those difficult times. And I think that, I, I don't think you could do that without having the higher purpose in front of you you know, to know what you're fighting for. It's not, you know, it's about what, why are we here, right? And that I think is clear at Cafe Direct. The why is so loud and clear at Cafe Direct and it really does catalyze us into doing things that, you know, 30 people wouldn't usually be able to do. So it's, you know, it's really important. Yeah. What was exciting for us with you joining, John, is, you know, we're really ambitious in um, how this business can grow and how it can have greater impact and lead. And it was really important to get your incredible experience internationally with businesses like Diageo and so on and so forth. In terms of those kind of businesses, they're very much seen as kind of world-class businesses. And for me and for the team and, and for Cafe Direct, we very much wanted to make sure that we were best in class. What have you seen that you've brought with you and that those kind of businesses have, that businesses like Cafe Direct and other businesses that want to be a force for good can learn from? Just a couple of points, maybe. You know, first of all, as you know, it's hard to sort of separate what you learn from what you do because they all become ingrained with one another, you know, in terms of how we work. But I would say, John, you know, first you and your team are, you know, focusing on the right things, certainly. What I would say from the companies that I work for, uh, you know, and I can just cite Diageo Foster's Bacardi, for example, was focused on understanding the consumer and the consumer needs. And then finding a way to communicate that uh, in a relevant and a compelling way in terms of a brand benefit to keep consumers loyal and bring them onto the brand and keep them loyal. I'd say that we're working hard on that. We haven't quite gotten to where we'd like to be with Cafe Direct yet. I think you'd agree with that. But that's certainly something we're, f we're focused on, right? Yeah. The other thing... And this is something that certainly since I've been there that you've been very, very good at is what I'll call financial rigor. Uh, and that means focusing resources on those areas that you can truly make a difference and get the 
greatest possible impact. It sounds pretty simple, but you know, keeping it simple, I think, is, is the key to success as well. I would say one of the biggest differences, however, between Cafe Direct and my previous employers was that my previous employers, not that it was unlimited, the, the amount of margin that you could earn, you know, from a percentage basis, but, you know, you could pretty much dictate that if you were able to position your brand properly. And you were certainly on a level or even better playing field than some of your competitors. And in our case at Cafe Direct, of course, because we're paying a higher price to our producer partners, and of course, this price is set out to enable the farmers to, to live better lives, them and their communities. And we also, you know, invest a substantial portion of our profits, at least a third, into helping farmers through programs build a better future. It puts at us at a disadvantage, unfortunately, against our competitors, because most of them at the moment, certainly, I, I would say so many of them, if not most of them, pay commodity pricing for coffee. And for most years, that's not enough to allow farmers even to fill their basic needs. And I think for us, going back to the point about being able to communicate to the consumer, you know, why Cafe Direct, when we get this right and we put into context why, you know, why they should buy Cafe Direct is the difference that we make. It'll put us on a level playing field, or even better, we hope, will compel the other companies to all pay a fair price as well. Hopefully that kind of mixes two things, both in terms of lesson learns as well as a bit of, you know, what makes us different. I think that's also what, to me, makes it quite exciting is we've made a lot of progress together as a team. But that one last bit where you really connect the brand and the consumer, especially with a really very authentic purpose-driven business is going to be a, a really exciting next stage, isn't it? So I think yeah. they're exciting times. And we've done a lot on that, John, but um, getting that point across in a way that consumers really understand, I feel like it'll make a big difference. And like I said, you know, the, the big wish, for, at least from my perspective, is not only to make Cafe Direct more successful so that we can even help more with the farmers and the smallholder farmers, but to get everyone else to do the same thing, all our competitors to do the same thing. I mean, you know, if you look at, I, I don't want to pick anyone out, but a lot of them are making lots of profit in coffee and to make a little bit less and to allow farmers to live proper lives would be, uh, would be a great thing. Yeah, I mean, certainly with COP26 coming up in November and with all of the yeah. climate change examples we're feeling in different parts of the world, it just makes you believe even more strongly that changing the way business operates and getting that balance between you know financial capital growth and social and environmental change and capital rebuilding is so important, isn't it? And it's it's your point. I mean, Absolutely. it's not just it's not just about Cafe Direct delivering for its smallholder farmers. It's also about examples that help other businesses to change and help, I guess, consumers to go, actually, I want to choose how I change the world too. I think the challenge is getting that in, across in a way that we're not, you know, telling people what to do or saying that they're mm. not doing things the right way, but just being a, a symbol for doing the right thing. Yeah. It's nearly three years uh, since you joined uh, Cafe Direct. Um, Thinking back, I mean, what, what is it that's really surprised you? I mean, because it's, it's, you know, it's a small to medium enterprise, very different to a Diageo or, or a Bacardi. What are the couple of things that surprised you about the business? Thinking back, I think what really surprised me, John, and I, and I mentioned this to you before, is that 
the business, when I joined the business was the upbeat attitude of the people. That might sound a bit strange, but when you've, you know, come off a business with, you know, with almost a decade of declining sales and losses, you know, you expect people to feel beaten down and with really no belief in the future. But so I give enormous credit to you and the team to actually have been made it through those challenging years. And I, I think that surprise, uh, maybe it shouldn't have surprised me because I, uh, I think when you're doing the right thing and you're doing things in the right way, it's a lot easier to keep your chin up through these tough times. Uh, so that was the challenge. The other, probably the challenge was, and I'm going to give you some credit here, John, but I think it's the, the sense of there's, a, there's this great warmth uh, of atmosphere and feeling of belonging with when you walk into the, to the business. That's not what surprised me, but I guess it was mixing that with, a, you know, very, very professional, as you said, looking to be world class. There aren't too many small companies, forget about small social enterprise, but there aren't too many smaller companies or small to medium sized companies like Cafe Direct who have that attitude to really be the best. I think the desire to be the best, to be world-class and working to get there and doing a very good job indeed was probably surprising to me as well. I was surprised how professional the business was. I guess in my mind, because I'd been involved in some ways in some other social enterprises, it was just about the purpose. And I think what we need to understand is that satisfying consumers first and foremost and our customers is what we need to do in order to, to achieve that purpose. And that means being professional every way, and particularly from a brand building and a customer or management standpoint. And I think we've yeah. done a, a great job there, as well as I mentioned before, the financial rigor, you know, which a business has. Now, I think that's, that's something that I always think is really good advice for businesses with purpose is sometimes you you focus so much on the purpose that you don't deliver a great business around it that actually means the purpose gets delivered. So uh, it's a really yeah. amazing, amazing balance to have. And uh, your point on culture, I just think we found a way of really having a very great, powerful belonging culture, but that's also striving to improve and be the best it can. So no, it's... Yeah, it's performance driven. Yeah, yeah. no, exa exa exactly. Yeah. Uh, going into a bit more depth, I mean, clearly as, as chairman of, of Cafe Direct, um, you're running um, a board, um, which is quite different to many boards. And I just wondered if you'd like to you know, comment a little bit on what it's like running a board with a producer from Latin America and a producer from Tanzania, as well as the other directors that you lead. I feel very privileged. You know, great people around the table at the board. And everybody contributes in every, in every way, in every discussion. So I'm not sure that's that different from any other board. I think we're just fortunate to have, let's say, a more diverse board than you'd otherwise have from the standpoint of backgrounds of people. You know, I, I don't know if there's anything else to say about that, John. I think it's just, I mean, I could go through each individual and uh, sing their praises, but we're really, I, I feel lucky uh, and privileged to be a part of this team. Your point on diversity, it's not just about a producer from Peru and a producer from Tanzania, but the other directors we have are also from such diverse backgrounds and experiences that it really is incredible. So, Yeah, I mean, we can always do better in terms of being more diverse, but we continue to work on that. The divergence of perspectives that we bring into this team, it's like the whole brain at work, right? It's, it's, it's a great place to be. And sitting in those board meetings, listening to others and their, their viewpoints is, is very stimulating. I mean, it's a great place to be. I'm always energized to go into those meetings. 
In the time you've been here, what makes you most proud about Cafe Direct? I'd say one thing. I mean, I'd never been on a board before of a social enterprise. My perspective on that is that in many ways, it's not different than other boards. We continue to seek to maximize profitability and maximize our return on investment, right? But we do so with in mind to maximize the benefits to our purpose, to society, and to the environment. And that's quite different, I think, than most companies. You know, where shareholders aren't our primary, let's say, primary stakeholders, but they share the podium mm. with others, you know, uh, with our purpose, right? And of course, if I can just say that the challenge there is that we need to both satisfy the grower communities, I should say the, the needs of the grower communities and our purpose, at, at the same time as satisfying our shareholders with enough profit. And that's a real challenge, right? Um, so I just thought I'd mention that. In terms of what makes me most proud, I think more than anything is that a business that's continued over 30 years to be sort of a beacon for, for you know, businesses forced for good. Every day with every package of coffee, tea, cocoa that we sell, you know, we're benefiting these farmer communities. And with the profits that we put back into programs, we're helping them to build a better future. And uh, one day, I'm sure that our larger competitors will fall, you know, will follow in our footsteps. So it's, uh, I think what makes me most proud is just that sense of 30 years of commitment, still growing strong, in fact, getting stronger every day. Picking up on the 30 years, it's, it's, it's really wonderful when people have stuck to their principles for that long. And a lot of businesses are trying to engineer purpose in, and it's so authentic. And yet, through difficult times, everybody's still stuck to that. It's quite wonderful, really. So, Yeah, I think, John, and also adapted, right, to changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you know, I mean, we, I should say, we renewed our commitment to the gold standard and proved it pretty bold in what we're trying to achieve there. I'm sure you're going to be talking about this in some other podcast, uh, but it's great to see that in 30 years and you're continuing to renew the commitment and find new ways of, of contributing to the benefit of the smallholder farmer. I'm glad you mentioned it because I think modernizing our triple bottom line commitment and making it best in class is so important. I mean, it's it's all about refreshing and continuing to lead, isn't it? So no, it's it's really important to it is to to be best in class in in that aspect of the business as well as in the other aspects that we're driving forward. One of the things I was going to mention, and I don't know how frankly you want to talk about this, but we had a very good trip to Peru before the pandemic came upon us all. It was your first trip over the Andes to visit some smallholder farmers. And do you want to talk a little bit about? what that was like, what that felt like, and how that, that was? Uh, I would say best experience yet to this date within the company. As much as I love, you know, meeting with everybody in the, in the business and meeting with the board, I think meeting with smallholder farmers within their communities is the best thing you can do to really understand their needs, uh, to see the opportunities and the challenges through their eyes. So getting together for that week that we spent in, in, in Pangoa in the Amazon region of, uh, of Peru was, was fantastic. As you know, I'm fortunate that I, I'm able to speak to people, at least in Spanish, right, in, their, in, in most of their uh, native language, which helps me even more, I think. But 
I think it's just, you know, sharing meals, dancing, singing, laughing together with everyone was great. Probably one of the highlights you mentioned this was, you know, we had this bus ride, you know, I don't think anybody looks forward to, you get on a long plane journey, crammed up in a, in a small seat and trying to get a, a nap and then arrive in Peru. And of course, the first thing that a grower wants to do that meets you is to take you out to dinner when you're really knackered, as you remember, John. Anyway, we, we had that really, really nice evening out in Lima. And then next morning, bright and early, we're on a, we're on a bus, you know, this, one of these small buses, and we head up on this journey and it's 13 hours. As we were going up this road, somebody Googled that, this road because we saw a lot of people overtaking on the, on the corners on this road. It was very crowded, lots of lorries along with cars, people going fast and slow. And as we rose up, somebody looked up and said it was one of the most dangerous roads in the world. And we happened to have a driver as well that inspired very little confidence. <laughs> I think it's a long story to talk about that, but uh, you know, trying to keep him awake through the journey, trying to get him to ease off the, the accelerator on the downhill portions, etc., was was quite something. <laughs> it's the first time in my life that I've seen a chairman sit up front with a driver and you know, use Google Maps and uh, your your great ability to speak Spanish to help a driver get to his destination over thirteen hours. I mean, it was quite quite. And a trip, to find a it? great place for lunch. <laughs> this is also very important. Yeah, and and make sure that you know the driver got a little nap but was awake and ready to drive again. It was quite a trip. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that always struck me about a trip is when we actually we, there were two things. One is the way we worked with the producers in that conference because we. We were in um, Esperanza's uh, cooperative in Pangoa, but we were all working together, weren't we, to build different ideas? We were. Yeah. Yeah, we were sitting. I mean, there were, as you remember, I think there were six or seven or eight tables around the room, and we were talking. We were basically going through strategy for development and uh, discussing all those, and you and I especially mixed you know, table to table as we could to make sure that we got involved in all those discussions. So that it was a, it was a great meeting of the minds and uh, a wonderful way to get an introduction to the growers in Peru. And at least eight of the cooperatives were there, which was, which was great. To work, you know, shoulder to shoulder with that community. We learned from that and together we built a better business. It was really remarkable. And then as, of course, we went out and visited a few farms. And, uh, and then I think, as you know, sitting around sharing meals. So, you know, we had lunches and, and dinners together with a group every day. And, uh, you know, uh, you and I did our best, uh, and the team as well, but to mix it up and to, to talk to each people, each of the people individually. So that was great as well. I mean, anytime you can sit around and share a meal with people, it's a, it's a great way to, to really understand them and getting that social connection as well as, as the business connection. Yeah, it's good. In terms of Cafe right now, so we, when we've been growing now and accelerating our rate of growth and managing to grow through the pandemic, 18 quarters of continuous and accelerating growth. What do you think's next for the Cafe Direct business? Onwards and upwards, and, uh, and uh, sounds a bit trite, but I, I think it's continue really to do a lot of the things we've been doing. To continue to uh, grow profits and sales, that's really important. That really buys us a future that we can continue to, you know, for another 30 years to support our farming communities. Through better, better brand building, I think the big challenge for us is again making our purpose clear and compelling to the consumers so that it makes the brand even more highly valued and again starts to change the way others think about uh, coffee and uh, which brands they should support 
The other thing I would say is continue to innovate. Uh, the business has done a really good job over the past few years in terms of innovating, but both in terms of product as well as the way we can support the farming communities. And third, I'd say is probably continue to do as you've done to provide a equally challenging and supportive uh, environment for the employees so that we continue to attract the best to our cause. So if we can do all those things, we can truly become a beacon for other businesses and for sustainable business and make the biggest possible change and impact on positive impact on the environment and on the farming communities. So more profit, more sales through better brand building, reinvest that both in terms of the brand as well as in terms of programs to help farmers live better lives and to build a better future, in fact, to innovate and continue to, to set out a challenging and supportive environment for the employees. Yeah. I think that covers it, John. I think, uh, I mean, is there anything else you can think of that we should be doing? It feels so important not to lose focus. You know, yeah. the, the mission provides us focus in the business model, but we need to make sure we're focusing on being world-class and not getting distracted. And so it's it's just as important to not do some things as it is to do things in a bigger and better way all the time. So I think we, we're getting there and I think that's delivering in our performance and it's keeping that focus, isn't it? I think that's the tension I sometimes feel. Yeah, that's absolutely right, John. And I think it, that becomes even more important as we grow and become more profitable to continue to be focused. The good thing is that the, the business, as you said, you know, the, the thing that makes us stronger is the fact that we have the purpose and to keep that top of mind. You know, it's always, you know, when we get into our board meetings, for example, sometimes we dive down into the detail of how we're going to improve performance in the marketplace, which we need to do. But we're always then reminded of why. And so having those, having those two things, you know, the, both the, the strive to, to be world class as well as knowing why we're doing it is, 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 you know, part of the focus as well. Yeah. Some great takeaways there from John, who has an amazing amount of experience in business leadership. A big thank you to him. Join us next week for more Building Better Business.